started doing these informational interviews with people that work at places like Google and Facebook, Tesla, uh, VMware, all these tech companies that you know about them, but you wonder, okay, who are the people building this technology? Uh, there's the Silicon Valley Hispanic Foundation, and they, and they rally around uh, the lack of representation in some of these tech companies. You started about talking about how can you land a job in tech helping Latinos. Any impact stories that you can share with us? Welcome to the Venezuelan Diaspora Project, where you will find Venezuelan entrepreneurs and change makers that we searched and interviewed to present to you. My name is Jesus Bolivar, also known as Chubeto. So let's get to it. Hello and welcome to a new edition of the Venezuela Diaspora Project. Thank you for joining us today when we have the honor and pleasure to have uh, one of the most famous Venezuelan podcasters uh, in the U.S., Hugo Castellano. Uh, he started uh, Conexiones and Latino Sutec about five years ago, and we haven't. Bienvenido, Hugo. Thank you so much, Jesus. Thank you so much. So, Hugo, tell Definitely. us about the, the podcast and and the journey that you've had in the past five years. Oh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Uh, really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I love this uh, space that you've created. You know, it's uh, especially for the folks like us that, you know, we've been in the U.S. for a while and you know, we're Venezuelan, American, American, Venezuelan. So uh, I love this space. Uh, thanks, man. Uh, thank you. This is for you. This is exactly for this purpose. Definitely. Um, so you know, I'm, you know, my, my background and how the podcast came to be was that I, I'm in Silicon Valley. I'm working for a major tech company. You know, it it's a, has presence in 35 countries, has 120,000 employees. And networking is a big thing in Silicon Valley, as, as you know. And uh, you can, you know, you, you could attend the happy hours and networking events every day of the week if you wanted to. You know, there's fireside chats and all kinds of events. So my thing happened back in 2017, 2016. I went to a, a networking event at a tech company uh, who shall remain nameless. And they had a, you know, it's one of these networking events that they have free food, free drinks, and they have a panel of executives that work at the company and Latinos that work at the company. And it's basically a an, an, uh, recruiting event disguised as a networking event. So the, the moderator at the time you know, they're asking questions to the, to the panelists, to the, the people working at the company. And the questions were like, so tell me, why is this place the best place to be as a software engineer? You know, like, uh, <laughs> you know, what's your favorite thing about working here? You know, the free food, right? All these loaded questions. You know, and, 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 and I honestly, I was looking at that and I could see the, the panelists there that, you know, they were like a bit like, uh, hey, really <laughs> like those are the best questions you can come up with like uh you know like keep it all keep them open you know like uh, hey how do you get here you know what advice do you have for people that want to work here kind of thing. and these were all latinos right uh, these were all latinos these were all latinos and uh you know and my background like i used to work at a recording studio in florida so i had like all the gear the audio gear and i was a podcast listener uh you know i love podcasting like the 
the idea of recording audio, having these like long form conversations that, you know, we can make them as long as we want, as short as we want. So that's where the idea came. And then the, the catalyzing moment happened like a couple of weeks later when I got invited to do a radio interview at a San Francisco Latino station. And, you know, they, they asked me, hey, Hugo, you work in tech, right? Yeah, I work in tech. And hey, you want to come to the radio station and you can tell us, you know, how to get a job in tech? Sure, man. Like, no problem. Like, uh, how, 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 how much time I have? Well, uh, we have four minutes for the segment. Like, really? <laughs> like, in four minutes, you want me to, like, tell you how to, like, uh, get your dream job in tech? And, well, uh, we can get five minutes, actually. Now, if, if you really wanted to, like, okay, I'll do my best. <laughs> uh, so I did my best. And at the end of the segment, I said, I like, call to action. Hey, if you guys have any questions about, you know, referrals or how to navigate the, the pathways in Silicon Valley, you know, add me in LinkedIn. And I think like 15 people added me in LinkedIn. Right. So I'm like, oh, there's an audience here. Right. Um, so that, those were the two things that told me that, okay, it's time to start. Uh, so I started very humbly in my, you know, in the living room of my, my apartment in, in, in Sunnyvale. And, uh, you know, first, next thing I know, I made a pilot with one of my best friends, uh, Javier Cortavitarte. He's, he's in Miami now. And, you know, he's, uh, his background is more in customer success. And, you know, he used to work, uh, he went from working, uh, from going to school at FIU to landing his first job as a contractor with Google. And it's like, okay, like, how do you go about it? You know, like getting a job out of state and navigate those, those pathways. Uh, and I launched it and, you know, the first episode was like 200 people listened to it. And wow. I'm like, okay, there's an audience here. There's an audience here. And little by little, I started doing these informational interviews with people that work at places like Google and Facebook, Tesla, uh, VMware, all these tech companies that you know about them. But you wonder, okay, who are the people building this technology? So my my goal was always, hey, let's uh, let me show you how people got into tech, and let me show you the way on how you can get into tech as well. So that's the that's the premise of the podcast. Nice, you, know, you, awesome. you can't you can't be what you can't see. So let me show you the people that are here building this tech. That's awesome. And and, and I see that you yeah. recently hit a hundred episodes. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, and it's been quite a milestone, quite a milestone. I'm really, really excited about that. Really proud of that. And what um, has been your more, like your favorite show? Like the one that you say, you know, this is this is the one for the ages that you'll always remember if there's one. No, but uh, their favorite moments for sure. Just like a top 10. Mm -hmm. um, but like favorite moments is my my friend Carolina Lasso. She's a she was a Googler. You know, she worked at she's Colombiana. She got her MBA in the States and started working in Amex, then transfer over to Google. And after, you know, we we're having this chat and, you know, she had a, a lot of burned out, you know, because like a lot of projects, she was, you know, leading this team of like 25 people and she had a lot of burnout. And, but she was still telling us like how to get into Google and, you know, how to find your path. And like in 20 minutes into the interview, she says, Oh, Google, by the way, uh, I quit Google two weeks ago Ooh. and uh, I'm going to start my own thing. And this is what it's about. You know, so it's like life in the what we're recording. You so, didn't know so about it. A, I didn't know about it. So I was like, ¿Qué, qué? Te fuiste de Google. And, wow. and, and the beauty of this is not the fact that 
you know, like you quit, like Google is like the most aspirational yeah. company you know, to, to work for uh, in tech. Well, at, at least, you know, for people that are outside of tech, it's like the most aspirational. Absolutely. Um, is the fact that she's that, that, that you can quit, mm -hmm. you know, the fact that I like, listen, like, uh, I'm really happy here, but I'm done doing what I needed to do here. So showing that, uh, showing that facet to people outside of, of tech, uh, that was really, you know, that was really memorable to me. You know, that I still got like, uh, Instagram DMs of people like, I can't believe it. Like she left, you know, so just. And I could tell like the day after, like, oh, yeah, people that listen to it. So, yeah, so that, that's a favorite moment. Well, and, and, and some, some folks that um, say that it's also good to have like a surprise happening, right? While you're listening to, to a podcast, mm -hmm. right? Something unexpected. It's sort of a bomb is dropped, right? Definitely, but, definitely. And any, any impact stories uh, that you can share, like from folks that have listened to you know, your podcast, which is basically about how do you land? Well, it seems like you started about talking about how can you land a job in tech, helping Latinos, any impact stories that you can share with us from audience members. There, there, there's, there, there's so many, mm -hmm. uh, and the, the best way to, and as a fellow podcaster, mm -hmm. I think like the best way to, to check those out is you go to the Apple podcast reviews Oh, cool. and you read what people put. Uh, and, you know, I have like a 40, 50 reviews and, you know, the one that resonates with me is this, um, this, uh, this uh, young woman, you know, she, she started working in IET and she left a review saying that, you know, I listen to these interviews while I work and I just keep nodding my head and I Google things they mention and I find them in LinkedIn and these are people that look just like you and me. Mm. And it, it lets me know that I'm in the right place. Wow. You know, there's a place for me. So that review, like, really touched me. The mm. fact that, you know, there's somebody that I've never met. And the fact that I can, you know, like, they nod with me in the sense that their questions are my questions yeah. as well. You know, that's, uh, that to me is, is, is really impactful. Um, it's also happened that I have friends that work in places like, uh, like Splunk or Tesla that they send me a, a DM in LinkedIn and tell me, Hey, Hugo, uh, I'm interviewing this, uh, this intern <laughs> and they mentioned your podcast. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and it's like, a, so like, yeah, so like people, there's like this word of mouth thing. Yeah. Just, well, and uh, it's also a signal. Up. It's also a signal for those who are interviewing, right? Well, all right, you, you've heard Ugo's podcast. That means that you, you, you know, you've you've done your homework, right? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, Do, think think about it. Like, uh, like you know, you have like these people that are like uh, product managers at Google, and you see that. Oh, yeah, they went to MIT, and you these people that have like twenty years of experience mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. the industry, and you and and you put them on a pedestal. Yeah. You put them on a pedestal, and, and I've been guilty of that, too, that you think that, oh, yeah, that they're over there, I'm over here, you know, mm -hmm. way down here. And we're all people. You know, we're all people. And, and if we're all Latino, it's even a stronger bond. Because what I, what I find is that the people that work in tech that happen to be Latino, we're Latino first. Mm. You know, it's not like, a, oh, I work at Intel, you work at AMD, you have cooties, like, I'm not going to talk to you. No, no, like, we're Latino first. Right. And if we can help build this pipeline of talent, of getting more people like us into tech, eh, the more the merrier. Right. Well, and a lot of these companies have these programs, right, where that they're trying to encourage Latino, Latinos. Do you think that 
because these companies are in California and, and there's a massive um, Hispanic population in California, do you think that helps or it hurt us? Because I, I, I mean, yeah, open question. Is that meaning like if, if this, if the, you know, the center of gravity were to be in New York or, or, or the Northeast, would it be as easier or tougher? I, I wonder sometimes. Well, you, you'd be surprised mm -hmm. because uh, there's even there's even non for profits in, in Silicon Valley, mm -hmm. like uh, Estiempo is one of them. Uh, there's the Silicon Valley Hispanic Foundation, and they and they rally around uh, the lack of representation in some of these tech companies. So the, even though you have these uh, these folks that you know like the rank and file employees mm -hmm. that they can be first generation, second generation. You don't, we don't have as much representation when it comes to the board level. Exact, right. So, and again, so, and it's a big problem. Like, how do you do that? So, so you know, the fact that the center of gravity is in California, um, you know, I, I wouldn't give, I, I don't think it's extremely, it's not negative or positive. I see that, you know, people give it more, more you know, they, they give more weight to it without necessarily uh, affecting folks. I mean, you look at like places like uh, like East Palo Alto high schools or East San Jose high schools, and you know those the students going there like yeah, I live ten minutes away from a Google campus, but I could never work at Google because I don't have the tools, I don't have the mentors, I don't have the, the you connections. know the pathway to do it. Yeah. You don't have the connections. Now, hence my podcast is Conexiones. Conexiones you know, it's yeah. all about what you know. It's not only about what you know; it's about who you know, and you know how do you apply this. You know, to networking. So, so I think like uh, we have we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do. Uh, but ultimately, and now with remote work, you know, the fact that people can live anywhere they want and work for a tech company, uh, I think we're going to see a big like democratization of talent. You know, and especially the companies that are really embracing it. You know, like Twitter, Slack. You know, the fact that oh yeah, I'm, I can get all the engineers from Miami. That already bought houses and they don't want to live in Silicon Valley. And pay less taxes. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I live in a three bedroom house. I don't want to leave this. Yeah. You know, like, uh, it's paid for. I don't want to leave this. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you it, know, and, and I think, I think it's hand. one of those things. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. no, definitely. But again, if you're a company, you're, think, you're, you're thinking, you know, strategically, you're thinking, okay, can I, can I get the talent in? And, you know, can I get my ROI? Can I get my ROI? Even though they are, are they happen to be three hours away from a time zone standpoint. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see if the shift to remote will assist in supporting diversity, right? Because in theory, you should be able to get more, um, you know, less localized uh, pool of talent, right? Um, and and that's the, and that's the thing in theory. But uh, ultimately, you know, if the people that are applying for jobs they don't have the tool, the skill set. You know, they don't they don't know about like personal branding or the channels that we have, you know, like uh, or referrals, you know, the referral game that uh, and, you know, for the people that happen, don't happen to know is that if I work at a tech company and I give somebody a referral uh, for a job, it basically puts the resume at the top of the top mm -hmm. of the stack. Right. And in some companies, it guarantees them an interview. Yep. Um, and then, you know, companies play with incentives. Like if I'm an employee at company X and, hey, Chueto, you will be amazing at this job and I give you a referral, you get interviewed, you go through the loop of interviews, you get the job, then I get a Five monetary incentive. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. We and have I've seen too. companies that I've seen companies that do that too yeah. with uh, different uh, tiers, depending of if the candidate is a minority or not. So, yeah. so it's uh, I mean, there's all these systems building, and and I feel that people don't talk enough about them. Uh, at least when I was in school, <laughs> they yeah. didn't know about these things. Do you have and, Do you have an episode that you've like focused on? Like, here's the five things you should know when applying to a tech job. Definitely, definitely, yeah. So, so for conexiones, you know, episode forty-eight is a favorite. It's about imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. and I talk about like all the things like to overcome it. You know, in as you walk and you find your 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 dream job. That's for conexiones. Uh, but again, that's a Spanish podcast. I also mm. have Latinos Who Tech, which is an English-only podcast. And, you know, the audience for that podcast is more like the second-generation yeah. immigrant. So people that are already in the U.S., you know, they're, they, they, like, you know, we're bilingual. But the thing is that some of us are Spanish first and yeah. some of us are English first. Yeah. So it's for that English first Latino yeah, that wants to yeah. work in tech. So tell us about yeah. that that experience of and again I, I am Venezuelan my first language is Spanish and I, I yeah. so we sort of launched the Venezuelan diaspora thinking you know the that we want to expose the folks like you and entrepreneurs to the English audience and if we were to do it in Spanish mm -hmm. it would it would limit that impact. Tell me about yeah. like the experience of doing it in Spanish and English and you know things that you like about one or the other. So the I, I find that when it comes to like having the conversation, you know, it's all about, you know, where's the value? Mm -hmm. Where's the value? And, uh, it, and again, you know, like for, for the more like warm and fuzzy storytelling, the more like, a, a, you know, like tell me about the hardships that you have mm -hmm. to face coming here. I find that the Spanish one, like is, is just more colorful, <laughs> you know, just like we have such a rich vocabulary. And, uh, you know, the thing, yeah, all those things, like, I find that it's, it's, it trans, it, you know, it just, uh, carries better. Yeah. Um, but then when I find that we talk about, you know, the, the hardcore tech, like, oh, like, what are you building? Oh yeah. We're yeah. building a distributed double-sided marketplace, <laughs> uh, catering to, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. that is better in English for sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, so, when it's technical, English is better because the terms are just burned in people's mind in English. That, that makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah. yeah yeah i mean i mean i remember going to college in florida and uh i remember doing homework with my i, I feel like i went to college in latin america to mm -hmm. some extent because uh, all my friends from engineering school they were from ecuador colombia argentina uh so i remember doing homework with them see mira porque sacas la suma del operational amplifier and then le sacas el transconductance aquí so you know being bilingual is a blessing so i'm just grateful for that yeah all right, Hugo, let's switch to, and again, so before we switch to about you, mm -hmm. you can go to Conexiones and, and learn all about how you can land a job in tech and learn from other Latinos uh, in tech. Um, I love to learn about you. So tell us uh, about your story before you started the podcast. Like, where did you come from? How did you come to the U.S.? Um, and well, yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful, you know, for, for, for this opportunity. Uh, and uh, I've been 21 years in the U.S., uh, next month so it's been it's been qu quite a while uh, i moved to the u.s when i was uh, 13 you know more, uh, my family were, were academics you know my my dad was a philosophy college professor for 25 years and uh you know and he went he and my mom they both went to college here in the states so for us it wasn't much as uh oh like should we migrate to the u.s so, like, it was more of a when 
are we going to migrate to the to the US? Because uh, they did want us to have, like me and my, my, my sisters, they did want us to have that uh, US education, uh, that US mindset that, hey, you know, we can figure it out. You know, we work hard at something and you can accomplish stuff. Yeah, that, that, that uh, American dream uh, mentality. And uh, so we migrated to the US in 2000. And uh, basically, I had been coming to the US every year since 1994. You know, for like, uh, like going to Orlando, going to the parks, you know, all those things. And then, you know, in 2000, uh, you know, over the summer, we came and like, okay, uh, we're staying this time. Let's go to the high school and sign you up. <laughs> like, okay, wow. that sounds good. So that sounds was good. just dropped like that. No transition. You're just like, okay, yeah. now that we're here, we're staying. Yeah. So, and again, like it, it wasn't like, uh, like running away. It's just that, you know, it was the right time in our lives. That okay, like we want them to have a U.S. education, so let's let's come to the to the U.S. at this time. Uh, and then like my mom, she was from Trinidad and Tobago, you know, so she like we spoke English in the house, and you know, like most people, wow. they they're doing English homework, and they're like, oh yeah, let me look in the dictionary. I was like, mom, what does this mean? Like, <laughs> this conjugation, I don't get it. <laughs> so I was like really 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 happy there to like grow bilingual in that sense. So, so yeah, so moved to the U.S. and uh, and I think like like the big like defining chapter in my life, you know, and and something that, uh, you know, I'm very open about it now is the the fact that uh, I, you know, in 2003, my last year of high school, uh, my mom got sick, and she got a uh, pancreatic cancer. Um, you know, so like extremely aggressive. Uh, you know, like Steve Jobs had it and. You know, he's a billionaire and he lasted for a couple of years. Imagine us, like Venezuelan, like middle class families, like, uh, yeah, like we don't have all the resources, you know, to to take care of it. Um, so she she passed away, you know, like uh, three months later. Uh, so that was super tough, you know, super tough for for all of us. And uh, I was 18 at the time, too. So like it was like my last semester in high school. Um, and then, you know. If you are being married for somebody with somebody for like uh, 30 years, you know, that, that, that hits you, you know. Uh, so my dad's health really deteriorated. And, uh, you know, he passed away as well, like eight months later. So, wow. yeah, 2003 was a, was a tough year. You know, it's like uh, it's, a, it's one of those things that, again, you have this immigrant story that, okay, like we got here. We were able to get here like legally and you know do it the right way and everything uh and then these things happen uh so i'm very grateful and thankful you know for my my older sister i have an older sister that, that lives in spain as well Chueto. and uh you know she dropped everything came to the us and helped us out helped us out you know like uh, selling the house and the transition uh making sure all the legal stuff was taken care of um so i'm very thankful for that uh but this what this taught me was you know it gave me an incredible sense of maturity mm. i basically i went from 18 and thinking oh you know should i go to college and what should i major in it took me all the way to 30. yeah you know it's like oh okay what am i gonna do for retirement or <laughs> you know it's <laughs> like uh how am i gonna take care of my my little sister you know or, or how am i gonna uh, you know stay in the country and you know do what i want to do 
So it gave me a, a big sense of maturity. And, and again, I'm thankful for my folks because, uh, you know, they were academics. Mm -hmm. The value of learning and the value of the, the things that you can do with it. So, you know, that's, uh, that's something that, uh, that served me really well. You know, the, the fact that I know I can learn any skill. I know I can learn any skill if I put the time and effort into it. Uh, so, you know, I didn't know how to podcast and hey, now I have a podcast and 170,000 people have listened to it. So it's one of those things that, it, hey, I didn't know how to work on, you know, I barely knew how to do like PowerPoint presentations. Now I'm a product marketing manager at a tech company and my job is to make content that helps people sell deals. You know, so it's, it's, it's one of those things that uh, you can learn any skill if you have the, the tools and the mindset that, hey, I can learn it. That's an amazing story, uh, Hugo, and kudos to you uh, for sharing it. Um, I appreciate that. <clears throat> I don't know if I can yeah, continue you got, after you got that. It, man. Uh, that hit me hard. Um, <laughs> no, I can tell, man. Look, tell. Um, wh what are things that you think, uh, going back to, to you know, the story mm -hmm. of growing up, um, about being Venezuelan that you have relearned? Um, and, and that I, I have one, relearned? Relearned. Yeah, sh share one, share one. Give me some gothic. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Can I'll, you give me some context? Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll share one. And I say this in almost every interview. I hate the fact that we're late for everything in Venezuela. You say, you know, we're going to be at two. And then, you know, mm -hmm. you know that everyone's going to be late. So you show up at three. So in the U.S., I've learned that I that it's good to be on time, that it's efficient being on time. Although I was 30 minutes late today to our interview, <laughs> but I let you know before. <laughs> no, so that's what I the, the, the question is more about. You know, what are things that you, yeah, that you've relearned? It doesn't have to be like as deep or bad. Um, just gotcha. things that you had to adapt as you came into a new country and a new environment and a new, um, a new and different way of doing things. Perhaps you came in when you were, you know, 12 and, and you were, you know, mm -hmm. young enough that you didn't have to readapt as much. But is there anything that you remember saying, hmm, this is different here? I, I, I guess we don't do that. I, I, I think, uh, I, I think that. And, and again, it's, it's a small thing, I guess, but uh, it, just like saying hello to people mm. out, 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 out in the open, mm. you know, like somebody walks next to you and you say like, hey, how you doing? Like, buenos dias, buenos dias. Mm -hmm. Like, that was something that I learned like, oh, yeah, like people don't do that here as much. Like, they're not as vocal. Like, yeah, it's enough. If, 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 you go, if, you, if, if you go like this, it's enough. You know, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, know you know what I'm saying? And then like uh, just realizing it's more like a U.S. thing that you know like uh it's 50 states right yeah so it's, it's 50 different countries that's you know true. so it's like uh yeah like like uh like going to college here in gainesville it's like uh you know it's like i'm hanging out with friends and it's like dude let me show you this new gun i bought you know i got a new third a new nine millimeter and, and, and the guy's like showing it like a clack clack and like a, oh that's cool man yeah like yeah no we're going to the range tomorrow and then if i talk like that to my friends in california They'll, like, they'll look what? at me like, what, are you insane? <laughs> like, uh, don't you think it's dangerous? Like, oh, dude, like this is kind of cool. Have you been to the range? And so it's like every, every state is like its own country. So that's something that I, I, moving within the U.S., I've also had to like relearn stuff, you know, like I relearn stuff. You know, when I lived in, in Chicago, it was very different than living in Florida, way different than living in Silicon Valley. Um... So, yeah, so I've had to relearn uh, a lot of things, uh, you know, when it comes to time, you know, this like time management. Uh, like, I feel like in Silicon Valley, like there's this like a uh, myth that, oh, it's California. Everybody's mm -hmm. laid back. Not in 
tech, <laughs> not in tech. You know, like people have this urge to like fill their agenda. You know, it's like, wow, if my calendar is open, I'm not happy. I need to fill it up with stuff. Um, so yeah. And case in point, when it comes to the the things that I had to relearn, is that you know my my Latino friends in Florida, uh, Venezuela and Colombia and what have you, um, you know, it's totally fine to like linger. You know, like after you eat, you mm -hmm. do la, la sobremesa. You know, you yeah. stay talking for like 15, 20 minutes, maybe an hour. Who knows? Uh, while in, in the U.S., it's more like, okay, we're done eating and here's the Let's check, pay it. it. And yeah. And, uh, and depending on the day, sometimes I'm more, I'm more, you know, I'm more, you know, from the U.S. Mm -hmm. You know, some days I like that. You know, I like that, uh, that uh, efficiency. Like, hey, I'm done eating. Pay go let's go i have things to do <laughs> so yeah that's something that i had to relearn ugo let's talk about the future and advice mm -hmm. what 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 uh how do you see the future of media and and podcasting like if you had to or just the future if you had like three predictions about so, what we'll see in the next few years gotcha no that's an interesting question uh so clubhouse is kind of a perfect storm Mm -hmm. A lot of people in the U.S. in the world actually have been locked up for a year, you know, without social interaction. Right. Uh, and right. people are loving, you know, the fact that they, they oh, serendipity is back. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm, I predict we're gonna see a lot more platforms that are gonna building this uh, serendipity into them. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that you can go to different rooms talking about different topics. Uh, I wish there was a way to do this with like YouTube live. Mm. Uh, like I can go, I can, I can see like different, like, uh, panelists happening at the same time. Um, I guess like virtual conferences. I, I like that a little bit. Uh, but yeah, uh, having, having a building serendipity first platforms, I think it's a, it's a big thing. Before um, you continue. So have you, have you tried it? Have you, have you tried to like move your audience toward clubhouse and, and, and engaging them in that platform? Well, to be honest, like, mm -hmm. uh, I find that just the way it's built in, um, you know, in the beginning I was very, I was very adamant about, Hey, it's great. You know, we spend the whole day in zoom meetings and I don't have to like, look at the screen now. I can just talk. Uh, but in reality is that it, it just eats a lot of your time. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you have to talk and then wait and then talk and wait. It's, it's very, you know, it's like, uh, I feel like, oh, get to the point already. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then you don't have that audience feedback. Like they're just faces floating. Yeah. And unless you make them moderators, they can't speak. So, so it's, uh, yeah, I don't, again, I get the social aspect. Like we mm -hmm. have a, a small room of like five, ten people. Everybody's unmuted. Everybody's talking. That's great. But for like proper podcasting that you have like two people talking and then 10,000 people listening. Um, I don't think it's scalable. Uh, I think it's great for a fireside chat, though. For, mm -hmm. for like a fireside chat, uh, I think it's great. So, I feel but yeah, like, but, I feel but, like but my audience is staying just, in the podcast. You know, A sixteen Z instead of having the media uh, sort of department, I feel like they they invested in Clubhouse to make it their media outlet because their A sixteen Z folks are in there like twenty four seven. Yeah. But but that brings me to like my second point that you mm -hmm. know that the content on demand is here to stay. Uh, content on demand is here to stay, and and on demand means that it's in my terms, you know, in the sense that uh, 
oh great uh, i miss the i miss the room with uh balaji yeah let me listen to the podcast version oh wait mm. if recording is not allowed oh crap i guess uh you know i guess uh, i guess i missed it mm. you know so but again but that that's good for clubhouse in the sense that it builds that fomo into people right so people are turning you have to be in it otherwise you miss it yeah yeah and then fear you know the job for out, us right exactly yeah. I, and i'm more of a jomo guy i'm more of like uh the joy <laughs> of missing out you know it's like uh oh i mean i miss the i miss the room with so and so and so and so hey i'm glad i missed it out i was taking my siesta i had better things to do that's higher priority my i was recording conexiones right i was recording conexiones <laughs> i was recording latinos who tech uh which is funny because i've done the i've done episodes with people in spanish and then i bring them to the english side mm -hmm. and it's talk it's like talking to two different people because i find that we are, when we speak english like we we code switch a lot you know we mm -hmm. code, even like our personalities can change a little bit so it's a, I, I just find that really interesting that is interesting that is a great point um yeah, that's why I appreciate when I have friends who are bilingual as well, because you could you could switch back. There are certain things that you that are better. They just go easier in Spanish, right? Yeah. No, so. I mean you have a whole a whole new universe opening up. You know, a whole new universe or of, of thoughts, of languages, of concepts, ideas. So it's uh no, it's definitely fantastic, and and that's my third point. My third point is the when it comes to U.S. Hispanic audience, mm -hmm. uh, again. And I'm so happy to see places like uh, like Flama, you know, like uh, like these these production house companies putting content for us, you know, for that bilingual millennial, you know. So uh, you have like Joanna Hausman, you know, she's Venezuelan. That oh yeah, she has a uh, hyphenated, you know, with Jenny Lorenzo, and both of them are, you know, they're bilingual Cuban, Latinas. Cuban American and Venezuelan American, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Bueno, Venezuelan Jewish American. So yeah, it's sure. like a, that that extra intersection, <laughs> you know? So it's uh so and hey, let's make an English podcast. So so I find it beautiful that you know content like that exists because you know that's what resonates to me the the most. You know, the the fact that, you know, the it's not about the I'm I'm from here and I'm, you know, like uh no soy de aquí ni soy de allá. No, it's not that I'm not from here nor there. No, it's that I'm from there and I am from here. I'm from both places. You know, so I don't I don't have to choose. I'm from both. From both, yeah. So the future is so another another prediction for the future. So content, I think you said three, right? Clubhouse, mm -hmm. content in my terms. Yeah. And then like the bilingual content or like mm -hmm. content built for for these audiences, I think it's gonna blow up even more. I, I struggle uh, a bit with it myself, Hugo. On, on folks and friends that are that say like why are you speaking to a venezuelan in, in english uh, can you please make it make it in spanish um and i struggle a bit with it right because we obviously have folks back home that perhaps don't don't manage english so so have you gotten any of that or how do you see that so ultimately i mean it's great to have an audience mm. but you know it's like it's it's uh mars Lowe's pyramid mm -hmm. it's mars Lowe's pyramid i mean you have shelter uh, you know, uh, food, self-actualization. When you do a project like this, the first base thing, it's, uh, you know, what, does it add value to you? Mm -hmm. Does it add value to you? Because I mean, you're spending this hour a week and then like two, three, four more hours during the week 
editing. editing, doing all the things that you could be spending with your kids. So it's like, uh, how does it add value to you? And then if, uh, and then it's when you can move in and then, okay, how does it add value to the audience? Yeah. Uh, cause I mean, you, you can always like build like, oh, let me build what the people want to hear. BS, mm -hmm. BS. The first step, build something that you are proud of. Build something that you want to build. You know, something that gets you excited because, you know, the monetizing content is not easy and it's going to be a labor of love. So make sure that you love it. And if you love making it in English, do it in English. Do it in English. Do, do you, you know? think that it'll, this, this will become your main um, source of uh, income in the future? Uh, no, it's not. It's just, a, it's just a side hustle kind of thing. Um, mm. I find that again, like you need to build different streams. You need to build different streams. So it's, uh, to me, it's something that I do, you know, like in 10 years when I'm retired and I'm like, okay, like my, you know, my thing is just growing and I don't need to work anymore. Uh, 10 years. That's I'm sure, great. I'm sure, I, I'm sure, I really I'm, look forward to like retiring in 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, my, my timeline is 43 when, when I retire. So that's why I'm looking at. If everything goes according to plan, you know. Uh, so check out Ramit Sethi. <laughs> I will teach you to be rich. And he will Sethi. teach you to be rich. Okay. But, uh, but the thing is that uh, I find that podcasting is just a way of having conversations with people. And, you know, we don't have a time limit. We don't have a, like an agenda. So it's just a great way to connect with people. And the audience that listens to this, you know, the, the flies on the wall that listen to this, the people that find value from it, great but to start a project like this you need to make sure that you are getting value out of yeah. it out of the conversation That's a good one. so well, so in, in my case like when i started latinos to tech and conexiones i'm talking to high level people at tech companies yeah, nice. and i'm learning from them they are my mentors so to my audience they are mentors by proxy that's so awesome. It's, yeah. it's, I, it's, I agree. Uh, it's I agree 100% on that one, that every conversation is a learning opportunity, right? Of course. Um, and yeah. that's, I think, where most of the value, I think, comes, at least from, from, from my own experience. What is one thing that you wish you had known before you started? Like after you started on this journey of recording every week and putting this out, what is one thing you wish you knew before, if anything? I, I, wish, I, had, uh, I wish I had started sooner. To, oh wow! To be honest, yeah. I, I wish I had started sooner. Uh, and uh, and something else is that I wish I had realized how easy it was to to get interesting people to come. Mm -hmm. You know, because I I I spent a lot of time dwindling and trying to build these systems. Like, uh, oh yeah, I'm gonna record on Monday and Tuesday, and then I will publish on Wednesday. Like, you know, like very like uh like trying to like uh, optimize for the wrong thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They can say like, oh, I want to optimize and I only want to work 10 hours a week on this. When in reality, you should start with the vision. You should start with the vision that, okay, what does this thing look like? Oh, these 30 minute interviews release every Friday at 9 a.m. Great. Work backwards. What do you need to do to get to that? Oh, mm -hmm. okay. It takes two hours a week. Right. So, so it's like, I, I wish I had done that earlier. Uh, and now that I have a, a clear vision of what I'm building, of what I'm doing, uh, I, to me, the podcast is all about networking. It's all about networking. Mm -hmm. It's all about having interesting conversations about tech, careers in tech, 
uh, imposter syndrome systems with people that are like you and me. That's awesome. All right, Hugo, uh, we are reaching the end of the show. So I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and to talk to the Venezuelan uh, diaspora folks, which I'm sure are also listeners of uh, Conexiones and Latino Who Tech. Um, I feel very, very proud of what you've uh, built. Um, and I look forward to listen to it uh, a ton more. So again, Conexiones and Latino Who Tech. So Hugo, take this last, I don't know, however minutes or seconds you want to say whatever you want to our audience. Well, anything no, definitely no thank you to it and, and you know i mean twitter i'm hugo cast hugo cast and uh you know my my last piece of advice you know is, is uh talking about systems is uh always follow up you know, always follow up with people um and following up doesn't mean that you're gonna buy a crm application and put everybody you've ever known there no 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 i'm, I'm to me follow up is you know make a list of the 10 people that have been impactful in your life that have helped you and make sure you stay in, you stay in touch with them and stay in touch doesn't mean oh i'm gonna write them an essay on my life send it through via email <laughs> no, no no following up means send them a text every couple months hey i hope things are well in san francisco miami whatever you are i'm here if you need me you know, like follow up with people because uh, if something, if 2020 has taught me something is that, you know, like human relations are the most important thing for us, you know, after our health, you know, that, mm -hmm. that social capital, that social network, uh, it's so, so important. So, you know, always follow up with people. Uh, even if the only way that you follow up is via a text, it's totally fine, but, but follow up with people, you know, they'll, they'll be glad you did. All right. I hope to have you, Hugo, next year so we can talk about how things uh, have been going after we came out of the pandemic and see if Clubhouse is still a thing or not. And to see if you finally became a big user. <laughs> All right, everybody. Hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a user. I'm a user. You know, it, it works great. The, I just, I, long term, I don't know. Long term, I don't know. But, well, like uh, a famous we'll economist see. once said, long term, we're all dead. <laughs> so. I can't argue with that. Can't argue with that. It's true. You know, death and taxes. <laughs> We got it. Ciao, muchachos. Nos vemos en la próxima. Okay. Chao, chueto.